No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Oh boy, it's time for the unfortunate return of Mika. Yay. Welcome <laughs> to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name's Jesse. And today, that's right, guys, we're talking about Mika again today because we're talking about Paranormal Activity 2. Ugh. It's been a sequel that has been well overdue i feel like we need to talk about some more paranormal activity i absolutely agree i was ugh at mika you're what i was ugh at mika oh well i know and thankfully he's not really a big part of this one he's more than i thought he is a little bit yeah i thought i literally just remembered that they took the beginning clip from the first one and plugged it in at the end i didn't realize that he was like there I remember in him being in various the, scenes. I remember him being in the pool and with the camera. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. The origin story. People think that this is an origin story for the family of like Katie and the demon. But no, this is an origin story about Mika and the camera. Who thinks this is an origin story about Katie and Christy? Nobody. I just made that up. Okay. Say, <laughs> it's what, just my paranormal way. Paranormal activity three exists so okay everybody needs to chill the fuck out and respect this is mika's franchise not katie's okay there we go what a bold garbage take it is it is okay jesse before we get into anything do you have any announcements no okay so i've got poll results then all right so last week we talked about american mary and we just wanted to know if America Mary, I'm just going to call her that, that's her name, wanted to give you any body mods, would you do it? So would you let her perform those types of surgeries on you? On Twitter, 100% of the people said no. <laughs> However, over on Instagram, 54% said yes, and 46% said no. Interesting. So we got more of our adventurous people over there and i want to clarify that wasn't just one person on twitter saying no it was <laughs> it was uh several people and they're like no nah. <laughs> so yeah right. nobody uh nobody's up to that so that's it that's it for our polls all right um well actually first off no i wouldn't because like i said in the episode i'm vanilla and getting tattoos was an adventure for me so i don't know if Getting straight up body modification done to myself is anything that I'd ever be game for, no matter who's offering. I wouldn't, because there's just not anything I want. Also, I don't trust her home environment to be sterile. Yeah, I mean, true. She is a med student that didn't graduate, that had been previously performing surgeries on dead turkeys, and then she went straight into being like the most famous body mod person out there. It's quite a story. Uh, I don't okay. know what that has to do with the space being sterile, but okay. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm just like a sports announcer or something like yeah. that. Like I'm just like a sports announcer with no like they just met the person they're going to be commentating with, and they're just like, yeah, nice. Anyway, for all my sports people out there, hi. Um, <laughs> you guys may know who I'm talking about here, but there's this guy named Bill Walton. 
was a professional basketball player, and he has some of the most bizarre commentary during basketball games. Basically, he talks about like his drug experiences. It's interesting. Okay, anyways, whatever. All right, let's talk about paranormal activity. Okay. All right, Jesse. Paranormal Activity 2 came out October 22nd, 2010. We watched this on our DVD mm-hmm. because we have upgraded since last time. We actually have this on physical media now, a big old pack of every single movie to have been made in the franchise, except for one. Except for the newest one, yeah. And another. But we'll get there soon in a little bit. Okay, so then it's except for two? Except for two. Okay. I forgot about the newest one, so except for two. You can watch this as of today, March 21st, on Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, or Fubo TV. And of course, you can rent this on Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo, Redbox, wherever you want to. So, uh, this is written by Michael R. Perry, Christopher Landon, the guy who did Happy Death Day, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. I can't believe and he's freaky. attached. And freaky. It blows my mind that he's part of this. And Tom Pabst. It's directed by Todd Williams don't have a music department because I think this one somehow managed to have less music in it than the first one, which also had no music in it, <laughs> except for like at least a song playing on the radio. I think that's the extent of the music there. Uh, special effects makeup was by Almost Human Inc. Okay. And starring Sprague Graydon. I think that's how you say her name. She plays Christy. Okay. Brian Bolin plays Daniel. Molly Ephraim plays Allie. Vivi Scolombetti plays Martine. Katie Featherston plays Katie. And Mika Slout plays Mika. Okay. All right, Jesse, budget or bug Ted? Bug Ted. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, okay, how much, <laughs> how much more bug Ted do you think? I'm not asking for a number here, but like, we're like cutting budget and bug Ted in half here. Just, I, I feel like that's fair for paranormal activity because it's all always going to be low. I think it's probably slightly less bug Ted than the first one, but still pretty like low. Less bug Ted than the first? Yeah. So less money? No. Oh, more money, yeah. right? Because we're speaking in negatives because we're talking about bug Ted. Uh, okay, well, it's actually quite a bit of a difference here. So this movie had $3 million. Okay which I think is kind of insane for the amount of movie that we get here. That's true. Yeah. Uh, box office opening weekend, $40.6 million. All right. Worldwide gross, 177.5. Nice. Yeah. IMDb of 5.7. Rude. Do you think that's rude? I do think that's rude. you think it deserves more? Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll talk about that here shortly. <laughs> All right, so I pulled three movies here that are all pretty similar, I think. I think I did a good job getting a theme here that came out in 2010. So first up, we have The Last Exorcism. That came out June 24th, 2010, with a budget of $1.8 million and a worldwide gross of $67.7 million. Okay. 5.7 on IMDb. Are you familiar with this one at all? Nope. You've not even heard of it? This there is, were uh, exorcism movies became kind of a fad for a while mm-hmm, yeah. and it was just like oversaturated was, At that point, i didn't really care yeah 
I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest about it, I just I didn't I did not have the energy to care about exorcism movies in the 2000s. That's fine. I think the last one that I watched was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I went to the theaters to see that and then I kind of checked out after that. I've never really been big on exorcism movies, including The Exorcist. Ooh. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I don't like that movie. It's just like never one that I'm like, I would be in the mood to watch The Exorcist today. It just never hits. Okay, so next up, this is Paranormal Activity 2, Tokyo Night. Okay, I saw that when I was trying to pull up something for... Uh, paranormal activity too so this is one that caught me by surprise because i was like paranormal activity too okay i'm already covering that hold on tokyo night what do we have here <laughs> so i opened up that tab and i did a little bit of dive in here so basically it's just um they just took it and they made like a sequel of sorts but kind of like a side pool i think is how it was described online but it's um obviously in japan instead however it does have connection to the original movie interesting which is weird now for those who don't want to have anything about this movie spoiled just like skip ahead just a what second if i don't want to have anything about it spoiled well i don't really care about that well, um, I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> yeah, just tell everybody who's interested. Serious? The, no, no, I don't want to. No, I no, don't. no. This isn't anything that's actually... I'm talking about like anything spoiled. Like This is like a plot point in the movie. I don't want to know. It sounds interesting okay. if you're calling it a spoiler. Okay, okay. Then everybody, it's safe. Come back. Y'all can come <laughs> back. Nothing happened. If you heard everything, don't worry. Um... I was just going to I was going to explain the relation to the first movie. No, I don't want to know that. Do you actually want to watch this? I might. I would like to keep that an option. I would like to also because um it's kind of like how this one like intertwines with the first one. Think about Saw 4 and Saw 3. Mhm. Okay, like I just I want to I want to see what that connection is. Yeah, from all the way in Japan to Yeah. San Diego, California. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll keep that to myself. Um, I do want to watch this because if there's anything that uh, Japan does right, it's like supernatural horror. Yeah. And I feel like they would probably knock this out better than the first one. However, if they're... If it's like a Japanese movie trying to emulate the American style movie, it may be different. I don't know. I want them to take it and make it their own thing. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, this one actually came out, though, after this movie. So this came out November 20th, 2010. Had a budget of 1.35 million yen. Okay. Which means $10,000 wow. in United States money. Worldwide gross. 41.6 million yen, which totals out to $314,000 okay. here. And it has a 5.1 on IMDb, so it's not too bad. Okay. Although some may call it rude, like you did. Well, I haven't seen one. it yet, so I don't know if it's a rude score or not. Well, it's it could be rude. All right, and the final one is Insidious. 
which you know it's pretty easy to draw the comparisons there isn't that also blumhouse is this isn't blumhouse i feel like this is always like a blumhouse movie but it's not i could have sworn paranormal activity was the start of blumhouse i thought it was too but it's always billed as a paramount presents not blumhouse the first one definitely has connections to jason blum yeah he's the producer he's the dude that like at the time he was a producer at miramax yeah when you discovered the first one yeah i know you did the background info for the first one that was over a year ago i didn't know how much of that information you retained but yeah i mean i don't think that i don't even know i I feel like blumhouse had to have just been starting like 2010 was like around the time blumhouse got going can i also just say i don't really like insidious can i also agree with you i don't think it's that amazing either i think that it's fine i think it has an amazing ending but i don't really think that it's like that crazy of a movie like everybody else does i feel like it's a um it's an accessible movie for a lot of people. Like it's something that non-horror fans would find very creepy. And I don't want to like say that like I'm above like, you know. That... But you're that's what you're saying. No, what I'm trying to say is I'm jaded. I'm a fucking jaded horror <laughs> fan that I like, you know. Like it's No, I get why people like it. It's just not my cup of tea. I just I have never been on board with the hype. I understand where people are coming from, but it's it just much like with the exorcism movies it's not a thing that rings my bell you know yeah i get you i mean i watched it for the first time whenever i was in my dorm room alone and you know it wasn't like see normally that's the type of situation that it would probably freak you but it didn't really freak me out like i just was like okay that was a movie (laughs) the ending did really scare me though the ending is actually scary so I will give it that. But that movie came out September 14th, 2010 with a budget of 1.5 million, worldwide gross 100 million, and an IMDb score of 6.8. That's also rude. You I think, think that's rude? You think I that's think, too high? Yes. No, man. Okay. Rude. <laughs> calling calling the rude scores tonight. All right, Jesse. I got some more fun things for you here. Let's talk about these taglines. Yay! This is a first for us, by the way, with taglines, because I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's so strange. Really, if you want to actually have, like, an actual tagline, you're probably going to have to go with, like, the quote that's on the poster that's from Dread Central, which I didn't even bother writing down because we don't do quotes. Yeah. But the one that is actually on the poster is a little button that says demand it so there was a thing going on when this was coming out it was part of the promotion basically you could get an early screening or early like free tickets to go watch this movie if your city demanded it more than the other movies so it was like the top set of cities got to get like an early showing of it so they were really, really pushing that hard to the point to where they abandoned anything relating to a tagline. So that's what's on the poster. It's a little button that says demand it. I got two more here. Last year you demanded it, but that was just the beginning. Okay, just give me the third one. This is breaking my brain. All right. In 2009, you demanded it. Nothing can prepare you for what's next. This is all stupid. I hate this. Yeah, right. And that's it's it. not even fun. I think it's kind of fun. I think it's fun how dumb that is, honestly. 
that it's just a button. It's like, demand it. Come on. You, you can watch it early a little it bit. It feels like an inside joke that I'm not a part of. Demand it. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I don't like it. Well, you missed it. Yeah, exactly. You missed the boat on that yeah. one. Yeah. Like, I think that there was a very, very special time in this little time right here where trailers had like this. And maybe it's because like that's where I grew up and I hit this peak in my life where I was like paying attention to it. But I feel like trailers were kind of interactive and things like this were more interactive. Like you could actually demand it. You can go watch it. I remember when the Cloverfield trailer came out. It was full of all kinds of like Easter eggs. It had like an ARG, which was like an, I think that's like augmented reality game, basically where you would go around solving clues and you would get hints at the movie. And they actually had something like that with this movie too, which I'm about to get into. But I, you know, I don't feel like any other era of movies has done anything quite as cool like that to like get you hyped up for the movie. I don't know if you ever paid attention to any of that stuff. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's get some fun facts going then. This was the biggest horror movie opening midnight release ever at the time. They made about six million ish dollars opening night wow. at midnight alone, and overall, it was like the biggest horror movie release and the biggest R rating release to have come out at the time. I think it dethroned Watchmen for the highest like R rated release. Uh, it was originally going to be directed by Kevin Gruter. I believe that's how you say his name. Grutert. Doesn't he do some of the Saw movies? He does. He's doing the new one. He did Saw 6. He did Saw 7. He did Jigsaw. And now he's doing the newest one. Yeah, so he's a big part. I know my you Jigsaw know him. shit. You know, your, you know Saw. <laughs> and that's funny because, like, yeah, he was going to direct this right after doing Saw 6, but... They pulled him away and forced him to do Saw 3D because he was under contract. <laughs> and apparently, I like how you made it like it sounded like a hostage situation. Well, it sounds like he really wanted to do this. Like I was reading an interview from Katie, and they asked her, "Like, did you get to work with him any?" And she said, "No, I actually missed all of that whole drama." So apparently, it was kind of a dramatic thing. I don't know. Maybe that's why Saw seven isn't really that good because he's no. like you know what i'll do it but i'm gonna make it fucking dumb and 3d fuck you guys well they also fucked up the budget with saw seven it was supposed to be two separate movies and then they like sandwiched it into one so there is a lot of problems with he, it he's responsible he did that he's like no mash them together i'm getting them all done right now give me some paranormal activity okay so more on about the whole trailer shit uh the trailer used unused footage that isn't in the movie i feel like that this is a thing that is kind of common with paranormal activity movies it's something that really pissed me off about the third one but they did it to not reveal certain plot points of the movie yeah which that always pisses me off because i feel like they use the best stuff for the trailers the thing that i remember the most is um from the paranormal activity 3 trailer they had a game where they were like they were playing bloody mary because mm -hmm. like that happens in that movie and at one point you actually see somebody standing behind them and that never happened in the movie and whenever i didn't get that i was super pissed off so i understand people being upset because people were very upset whenever that happened with this it's kind of like how i feel every time we watch the office and we get to the clip show episode 
where the banker is coming in mm -hmm. and he's asking, you know, about all the things and it's just an excuse to do a clip show, basically. Uh, yeah. And it cuts to the one where they're by the lake and he's like, no mustard, no mustard, Phyllis, just dip it in some water and let it slide down your gullet. And everybody goes, that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. What bothers me is every time we get to Lake Day, it's not there. It's not there. Yeah, they cut it out. Yeah. I bet that's in the super fan episode. I bet it probably is, mm -hmm. but it just bothers me that in its original syndication, it wasn't there. And, and then, then they throw it into the clip show and then they just fucking gaslight everybody. Yeah. So see, we're tying back in because gaslighting is a main theme of this movie. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> Uh, okay, so another cool thing about the trailer, kind of what I was talking about earlier, it had hidden messages in it if you went and watched it on their website. So if you would pause it at a certain point where you were like in the baby's room and you can get like an overhead view of the crib situation, there was a little message written in like backwards. And if you flipped it around, it said, what happened to Hunter? And there's also a thing at the end of the movie where I think it's Toby probably talking, saying the same thing. You know what would have been a really good fucking tagline for this movie? What happened to Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been. Um, and I was like, actually, no, what's going on with Hunter? What's going on with Hunter? Yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. But like what happened to Hunter also kind of. It sounds really creepy, but then like nothing actually happens until the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense like with the way that you're framing this movie. You're it's being framed as a real thing that happened. Uh, so I don't know. It could be like what happened to him? Well, this is the story. This is what we know. Now you tell us. What do you know? Uh, Okay. Oh, and also trailers that were pulled from theaters in Texas because they were too scary. Too scary. People got too sad. That's what they mean when they say don't mess with Texas. Yeah, because we're scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Texans love that. <laughs> uh, the actors that played Christy and Allie are only eight years apart. So Allie's actor is actually 24 when making this movie. Shut the fuck up. Uh-huh, and Christy... She looks... 14 she does right whenever i read this i was shocked like i kept trying to place where she was at like mm -hmm. i was like this dad doesn't seem like the type who would like let her have a boyfriend be like under a certain age so i was yeah. like 14 is kind of pushing it just based on his general dad vibes but like no i think she's playing a kid that age yeah no but yeah. i'm just saying like i will thought just looking at her i would mm -hmm. have pegged her at 12 and i was like well she's got to be at least 14 for dad to be cool with this yeah oh my god i feel like they um that's probably achieved with wardrobe and makeup definitely wardrobing hairstyling for sure too mm -hmm. bumpets no her hair was actually very flat mm, um, jesse um revealed the whole thing about bumpets to me over the weekend yeah we had a we had a, had long a crash talk course. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Saw some uh, Saw photo some evidence. Saw some high school photos. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, but she, uh, Chrissy's actor is 32 at the time. So, yeah, they're like both full blown adults when filming this. It blew my mind, too. Um, okay. So, about Katie, her entrance into the movie was originally going to be different. So, actually, when they were writing this movie, first off, they didn't really. Um, 
have a plan like they knew that it was going to be a prequel but as they were producing it like making it they didn't really know that they were going to do the sequel aspect of it at the end of the movie um but they were going to have katie not show up at the house like she does in this movie but what it was going to be is it's one of the nights and you get the webcam footage and then all of a sudden this figure comes into hunter's room and picks him up and just holds him and it's katie but she's not been introduced. She's not been shown at any point in this movie. She just comes in there and holds him. And then that's that. And then the whole point was supposed to be like, who the fuck was that? What the fuck is happening? Why did that happen? And you're not supposed to know until the end that she comes in there and, you know, gets him. But um, they decided to go with it, the other option of just having her a part of the story and just have the movie go simultaneously with the first one i think it makes more sense that way it does and the reason that they did this is because um i believe the original dude's name was Oren. Mm -hmm. he um they wanted to go with his philosophy of it because he was still a very uh much like a um an influence on this movie he was on set like pretty much the entire time is what i read good but um they said that his whole philosophy is that you want to be honest and straightforward with the audience you don't want to like have them be guessing about stuff like that so they're like okay well let's just do that and she'll be a character in this and uh the final thing i have is that katie's kills in the house at the end of the movie were going to be much much gorier before they had filmed a very bloody execution type thing with her and you know the dad and christy and all of them and then she was going to go with hunter However, I don't know how accurate this is because I read this only on the IMDb page and then I wanted to try and do some deep diving and I couldn't find anything else. But I read that there's also an alternate ending where she kills Hunter, which, you know, I don't really know if that's true because I couldn't find anything to back it up. It was yeah. on IMDb. That might be one of the things that's just put on there. Yeah. Like a rumor hearsay type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's no, it. I like how quick and brutal the ending is. Those kills, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think that. I think that's. Um, it's a nice punctuation because this whole movie was kind of like a lead up on what was going on in their house, and then ultimately a betrayal. Yeah. To Katie, and then it's just a very swift, like it. It's a nice foil to what they did. I think basically. it makes it more creepy that she just walks in there and then just like fucking goes on a mission and yeah. kills people and steals the baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I agree. All right, that's it. That's my fun facts. Okay. So before we dive into everything about this movie, Jesse, go ahead and tell me why the IMDb score was rude. So I think this was a really good follow-up to it. Um, I think it did a good job of not like retconning everything we saw in the first one which is always really hard to do with a prequel sequel mm -hmm. um i think that you know how i am with found footage i want it to make i want the framing of it to make sense yeah. and i like that initially like oh we got a little handheld camera because of the baby and then it switches over to home security cameras yeah i like the way that they did that they made like they found a good way to get that established I like that the blended family doesn't all hate each other. I feel like that's such an easy trope to rely on to create drama. I like that instead the drama is a little bit more organic and it honestly comes from the dad more than anything. Yeah, the dad kind of sucks. 
And I think it I think it's just nice seeing those relationship dynamics feel real instead of like TV world real. Like, oh, we're step family and we hate each other. They um they still very much improvised a lot of this movie. Um it was a little bit more controlled because like they were saying, like like an actual production company is behind this one. They want to know what they're getting this time. Yeah. It's not just like all outline, like, and they sit down and have dinner together. Yeah. And it gets awkward a little bit. But yeah, they, you know, so I guess that could probably play into why it felt more organic. Yeah. So I, I liked all of that. I think that all worked really well for me. Like I said, the ending works for me for all the reasons I've already stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that it's, it's a good follow up and it makes you invested in the third one, which goes even farther back in time, which is so weird for a franchise to just keep going further yeah. back. Yeah. But it makes you invested once you get around to the third one. You're like, oh shit, we get more Katie Christie. We're going to see what led to this. Like, I think it, I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Um, the bad, I like just the, I feel like the first one, I was pleasantly surprised when we covered it, how quickly like things were creepy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we didn't get as much of that with this one. I feel like, you know, where maybe the production helped with some of the character building, maybe it hurt on some of the tension building because it felt very like, uh, we're going to do this, then we're going to pull back, then this, and then we're going to pull back. Yeah. Like, it just, it didn't feel like it had that same, like, going up a roller coaster thing. I think that that was a, um, I think that they were trying to do that. Because I, I was reading an interview with uh, the director, and he was saying, like, apparently one of the questions was, like, you know, how do you feel about people saying it's not scary or not as scary? And I'm like, well, I mean kind of have to do it a little bit differently than the first one. But at the same time, like you don't want to like blast people with scares right away. They wanted to try and lure them into a sense of security. Oh, and I, I love the moments of tension. It's just also like there's no like there's a whole lot of build up that is like really just not that. Yeah, not I that want satisfying. it to hit a little bit more. Like, yeah. if you're going to create that false security, like, you've got to hit me with a little bit more tension and a little bit more scares. It, yeah. It's really that, like, that tension piece, like the, ooh, that's a creepy moment kind of thing. Because I feel like as compared to the first one, this one has a lot fewer, like, something's a little bit off here. Yeah, definitely. Moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, like you said, you can't, do exactly the same thing as the first one did because that would be a problem. Um, so what do you do differently? I don't know. I'm just saying that this is, no, this didn't work saying. for me and as you do well. Differently as the third one, the third one I feel like did a better job with it. Um, the ugly, all the fucking men in this franchise so far. I again, the third one is gonna come in and flip that on its head for a few different ways, but like. Just all the fucking men in the in these movies, like I'm just telling you, man, it's Mika's franchise. Uh, Everybody else is just existing in it. Uh, Where's his background? Where's his little childhood we don't story? Need it. Travis, please do Him not. With a little please Subray do not roll this into the world. Mm. Um, and the absurd. Um, just that f- the fucking pull vacuum, dude. I like. Yeah. I, I'm so fixated on the pool vacuum. I don't feel like we get good payoff with it. Um, other than like, oh, this is weird. Uh, but like, I, 
the fact that it exists, a pool Roomba exists. That, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're right. Because I was about to say, like, I feel like we had one growing up, but no, we just had like a normal like pool vacuum type thing. Yeah. By hand. But it, I can see it being a thing. In 2010, that's kind of advanced, but is it? Well, they were know. rich, so. That's true. They were rich. Um. So all in all, I think I'm going to give this a 775. 775? Yep. All right. You gave this one a lower score than the first one. Well, I think the first one's a little bit better. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like out loud thinking, like, "Wow, okay, that's what we're out." For some reason, I thought you were gonna like love this one. No, I really, really like it. I think that, um, especially the first three, work really solidly as a trilogy. And I think this movie is one of those that it's best viewed as part of that trilogy. Yeah. Um, its standalone value, I think, comes from the character interactions versus the actual spooky parts of it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, okay, so I think a lot of my stuff is going to echo a lot of what you just said. Um, but the good for me is I do like how this, um, how they handled this being like a prequel, same time, then sequel type thing. Yeah. I feel like that is a cool way to do a sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's nice. Like, I feel like people could... Um, go and just try and do like a direct copy of this movie again and they kind of do but you know at least they're trying to like i at least like i think that it's cool that they're at least building the war yeah you know like you're kind of getting more of that here and they do a good job laying the groundwork for where three gets to go yeah um, the bad, I don't think that this is a scary movie. Like, there's, like, not a single thing in this movie, I think, that happens, really, that freaks me out, like, the first one. Like, the first one, the like, there are many moments that are creepy. Um, like, the whole scene with um, them having the TV turn on upstairs and the lights are on suddenly and then they go up there and it's just, like, the TV with just, like, static going. There's no moment like that in this movie. There's no like, oh, I'm going to go run down the hall real quick. And then I'm hearing like somebody screaming and then like Mika goes up and runs down the hall and there's all kinds of screaming. You don't know what's happening down there. I feel like the over abundance of cameras in this movie may have hurt them because you get to see more of the action. And I feel like the unknown. Yeah, the unknown probably does them more favors with this type of uh, movie than being able to see nothing because you don't see what's happening here you just see a lot of objects moving around the uh the ugly with this i think the dad is really fucking shitty in this movie he's really shitty to um the uh the nanny that he has in the house at first yeah like off the bat he fucking fires her just for trying just for burning sage yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is a gross overreaction to that type of situation. That's a that's a moment where you sit down and talk with somebody, and yeah, then he just like fucking like a kicks her out. First warning type of thing. Yeah, but then again, we I guess we don't know what happened before, but there was nothing that led us to believe that anything else happened. There was like it didn't seem like there was like a strained relationship. There's like yeah. ah, I love you, Martine. How fucking dare you? Yeah, and there's like half a moment of like, oh man, I miss Martine. Yeah. Anyway. And then, yeah, he's <laughs> shitty the rest of the movie for various other reasons that we're about to talk about. Um, And my absurd for this movie. So 
we did um we were watching this and jesse got upset and she tweeted out at the writer asking about the dog yeah michael perry and chris landon yes michael perry uh actually responded yeah so um i think it's how absurd. dare you call this absurd i think it's absurd that he has this whole like we have a, like a whole other ending to this movie. we have extended war this is I a fucking first grateful year. for this ending for the world how dare you call it absurd well it's absurd that this is like a thing that happened that we were able to get we got exclusive content okay. for like what happened in the let universe. me set this up okay because there's at one point where abby the good girl is attacked by Toby, and so they take her to the vet, and they're like, well, she's okay, but they're gonna stay overnight and run some tests on her, and then the next day, like, shit hits the fan, and they're gonna do some really shady shit, and then it's just like, oh, okay, well, we're fine now, Um, and then we kinda had a few months, and it was like, oh, yeah, no, that's weird that all this stuff is happening, sorry, weird stuff's happening to you now, Katie, but my life is great. We do not see Abby. We don't see Abby at all, and it's been like a month and a half, and this bothered me because we were last led to believe that Abby was fine. Yes. So I tweeted to Michael Perry and Christopher Landon uh, needing confirmation on what happened to Abby. So Michael Perry has a response. We now know what happened to Abby. Abby was adopted by a podiatrist and afterwards lived a long and uneventful life, though she sometimes growled at things no one else could see. I'm okay with this ending for Abby. Mm -hmm. That's the conclusion that we need for the whole franchise right there. Yes. That's the finale of Paranormal Activity as a franchise. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, that's my absurd. And my rating for this movie is a, um, a six. Okay. Because I think that this movie is uh i think it's still good you know it's still like a fun movie to put on but like i don't really get scared and if i'm gonna choose any of the paranormal activity movies this isn't really gonna be that high up on the list i'd go with one or three and then again i i don't remember many of the others so so i have to revisit them but yeah it's just not not a lot happens all right well we're starting off with an average 6.875 okay i can live with that yeah is that less rude Okay. So we start off, we're in Carlsbad, California. They're planning to welcome home baby Hunter. Yeah. Daniel thinks he's such a great dad already because he managed the first few diapers on his own. And Christy correctly points out that she was in labor for 24 hours and pregnant for nine months before that. I think that he's not exactly, I think he's being like not serious. It doesn't. Like, yeah, I helped. I mean, he's acting like it's a huge accomplishment, and right behind him is the woman who literally grew and evacuated. Okay, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but you know what? Dad's going to be proud, too. So pick the moment. That's... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Martine is going to be the nanny. We see an issue with people leaving the front door open. That's important later. Aunt Katie is visiting. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting that they get Katie there like right off the bat or right off the gate, <laughs> right off the bat. <clears throat> I guess that's like a good way to like, you know, like right away. You're like, oh, this is actually going on beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, luckily, Meek is not there now. Mm -hmm. um, also, we've had a time jump 
It's not really super well established, but Hunter is now a year old. It confused me big time. Yeah, you uh, thought that they had multiple, like they had three children. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. until almost the very end of the movie. This is a movie that's a lot of show don't tell, and you have to kind of pick up the clues as you watch, and that's terrible for a person like me because I am not very observant with that stuff. Um, so there was a break in in their house. We see all of the damage, um, just stuff torn everywhere. The place is completely trashed, but nothing's missing. Yeah. Except for a necklace that Katie had made Christy when they were kids. I feel like nothing missing is always like worse than like if something was stolen, you know what I mean? Right? It's more scary. Um, that happened to me when my apartment was broken into. Yeah, but that person got scared away. You know what I mean? Like cuz of a tiny dog. You. But like, well, I mean, I guess maybe their dog also scared it. I guess that could be true. Let's see. They the nursery was completely untouched, though. Yeah, that's that's well, that's respectful. Like, oh, sorry, baby's here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'll leave you alone. Can't can't touch the baby's room. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I think like there is an R that's missing. Like instead of Hunter, is Hunter? No, well, there's definitely an R there. Are you sure? I could have sworn that I missed an R. Like it was missing an R for a while, and I don't feel like they ever replaced it. I... These are the things that I observe right here. <laughs> I don't observe like whether or not that there's like an additional kid there. I'm like, oh, that R's gone. Well, good news for us. We're about to get a lot more cameras because they're installing a security system, mm-hmm. which leads us to night one, August 7th. Um, Abby's in Hunter's room and it's so sweet. I like that yeah. she, she sleeps with him every night. That's very nice of the dog to do. Makes me think of my dog, Lyco, growing up. She would, like, literally rotate through all the rooms in our house to stay with us. I like at, like, a later point, the dad, he, like, points at the dog. He's like, Just go right there. And points at the floor, and the dog's like, oh, yeah, I've been here, like, my entire time. <laughs> the dog's already laying there. He's like, yeah, there. yeah, yeah, you listen <laughs> to me. That guy, he likes to pretend like he has a lot of authority yeah. in his house. Um, We see there's a pool, the pool cleaner. The vacuum thingy is out of the pool the next morning. Abby is growling at the basement door. That's the dog. And then Abby is the dog. She's growling at the basement door. I thought you said Allie because there's an Allie in this movie too. And I thought you said that's the dog. I'm like, "Hmm." (laughs) I think Allie definitely like they definitely got Abby when Allie was young and let her name her. Either that or like, we really wish that we named you Abby. So we're going to name the dog Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Christy's trying to pull Hunter out of his high chair and it just like it falls over. And it's one of those things where it's like, whoa, how'd you do this? But when you're watching on the camera, like it clearly fell over on its own. Yeah, I kind of I thought it could have been paranormal, but no, it's just shenanigans. Uh, Martine thinks there are bad spirits in the house. Yeah. And she immediately jumps to it, which, you know, like. I guess, like, do they kind of set her up to be this type of person that can sense this type of stuff, I guess? She's more open, more receptive. I mean, nothing really happened yet, right? Like, somebody the broke into the The high chair just fell over, too. But that's, like, it looks like it's very reasonable. Like, it, I, I from wouldn't... their perspective, but from the camera perspective, our perspective, it Martine's just not fell checking over. the cameras. I'm just saying. Okay, next night, Katie's babysitting. 
Hunter's crying and Katie just takes care of him. And we learned that this is 60 days before the death of Mika Sloat. Is that what it says? I wonder if this mm-hmm. is like the part that they were going to have Katie just come in and hold the baby. That would be really weird to just have her do that at the beginning of the movie. You mean, but like it's things have been established already. You know what I mean? Like if they like just like left it like that, like this is the scene of her holding the baby and then like you don't see Katie ever until like the end of the movie and then she comes out of nowhere and kills everybody. I'm still not feeling that storyline at all. No, I mean, I don't like that storyline, but I think that that would be very creepy. I think that'd be creepier than anything that happened in this movie. The next morning, Mika's there. But you know what? Hunter, Hunter clocks the vibes. He gets it. He hates this dude immediately. Yeah, and I think it's funny that him and the dad, his, I think his name is Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how like they actually have a relationship because it's like the two shitty people in the series and like they actually have common ground. They like each other. Mika's um, at least being personable and like somewhat charming here. He's not being an asshole, but he's like, whoa, camera. Like this is where he like. He is- comes across as somebody trying way too hard. Well, I think that that's just kind of the nature of doing improv. And like they said that it was more Im- like difficult to do improv with a multiple people in like a scene. Like they were saying it's easier to do it when it's just one on one like that. But yeah, I don't know if he's like super comfortable. With I'm not that. criticizing the actor. I'm criticizing the character. Well, I'm just saying like that's probably why it comes across that way. I, mean, I feel like there's a lot of moments like that, like the moment where like her sister singing about like Katie being the best sister. I feel like it was like trying too hard. You know what I mean? I think it was around this time, too. I think it was this scene. I did making breakfast. That scene, that apparently made no impression on me because I have no notes about that. I mean, that was, uh, to me, I was like, hey, come on now. Tone, dial it back a little bit. Uh, let's see. Christy tells Katie that it feels like when they were little. So we're like, hmm. And then we see the mobile in Hunter's room spinning by itself. Mm-hmm. Next night, night three, Hunter is in his crib and he's waving at something. He's like cooing. That's what he's doing. <laughs> that morning, the pool cleaner is out once again. Uh, they are looking through old scrapbooks and they find one old picture of Katie that they had assumed was burned up in the fire. Yeah, I like how the picture comes back in this one. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a cool way to explain the events of how it like, ends up at their apartment or house in the next mm-hmm. or in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just. Ugh. Mm-hmm. It's even more sinister. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we're on to night four, August mm-hmm. 10th. It's 3.05 a.m. Nothing's happening, but it sounds. Mm-hmm. And then it goes over to night five. I don't know, I don't have any notes for anything in between then and night five because I don't think anything happened. Martine was home. Al- Martine was going to be home alone that That's, night. Okay, well, night five is... Uh, Where she is she, home alone. Yeah, she sees the outdoor lights turn on on their own. Mm-hmm. And then she hears a bang upstairs. This is what causes her to think that the house is haunted. This yeah. is where she jumps to doing that. Yeah, so she goes to get Hunter and then she's walking around the house. Abby's barking. It's like in the bathroom of the mm-hmm. baby's room. And she's burning sage. Yeah. And when Daniel comes home, he's mad that she's burning sage. And he tries to say it's because the baby can't be near it. But then the next morning when he's throwing her out onto the streets, mm-hmm. um, he's like, I just don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. He's like, uh, he calls it like witchy whenever yeah. he's explaining it to his daughter. And he's like, yeah, she's just kind of full of shit. 
basically it's really fucked up i i don't like how he handled the situation yeah he tried to um make himself feel better about it by giving her two months worth of her pay and says that i'll give you a really good recommendation oh cool yeah like what are you gonna say when they ask why she was let go um which she's a witch which which <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to sue <laughs> Oh, man. While this is going on, Christy's trying to play for Babby. Babby won't look at her in the face, won't pay attention no. to her. And Daniel's like, yeah, Babbies are dumb. Don't yeah, worry is, about it. That's why like, most of the shit with this kid can be explained like, oh, it's a fucking kid. <laughs> like, they don't make any sense. I think it's a lot like, I don't know. I was going to say a lot like cats or cats do stuff that's inexplicable all the time. And then we just have to be like, oh, they're a cat. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean? Like, honestly, it's like the same thing with dogs. Like, oh, Talia's barking at something outside. Oh, it could be somebody coming over here to witch! kill me. She's a witch. Yeah, yeah witch. <laughs> oh, okay. Nine eight. Uh, well, no, I wrote dads a lot at Ali, and I was confused by that, but I was using dad as a verb. Like, he's dadding at her oh, a lot, like yeah. doing dad jokes, but also trying to be like, oh, this is my house, and this is the way it's going to be. And she was like, well, it's still kind of really sad that you got rid of Martine. Yeah, really fucked up. Dude. <laughs> okay, now we're at night eight. Um, baby's crying upstairs door's the door opens by itself and then there's a window bang and then Christy comes running in there to check on everything and then it cuts to the next morning and it was just a bird flying into the window mm -hmm. and that bird that bird mm -hmm. um, same bird that uh, the same stump bird from the office Oh, yeah, same one. Yeah. It's really good. It's like the dog from Toxic Adventure that just likes to slide yep, on the floor. It yep. just likes to run into windows. Yep, absolutely. Good for it. It's <laughs> made a career out of it. Um, sometime during this whole process, the baby monitors started to go off. Yeah. Which, that is always creepy whenever that happens. However, I wish more stuff happened with that. Oh, like when we were watching those videos the other day of uh, hackers getting into home security systems mm -hmm. and baby monitors. Yeah, right. And I... then, yeah, apparently the fad for a while was to play, I always feel like somebody's watching. Yeah. No, dude, that shit gave me like fucking, like it made my hair stand up on my arms. I don't like thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. Night 10, August 16th, 3.28 a.m. Pans are dropping from their holders. Pans! That's what this says. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. Um, she puts them back, but they fall again. And uh, she's kind of freaking out about that now. And uh, now the pool cleaner's out of the pool again. Yeah. Oh, guess who's fucking back? It's Mika. Yeah. He loves the camera. Mm -hmm. um, and then he says, hey, Dan and Chrissy, do you guys ever fuck on camera? With his, uh, with her daughter right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird, and it's. I feel like it's kind of giving him. It's pointing that seed in his mind. He's like, oh shit, I'll get us a camera so we can record ourselves fuck on camera. Yeah, that's a hundred percent the only reason he ended up getting the camera. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing it for the demon. In <laughs> demon. Yeah, in demon. my parents. Yeah, my wiener. <laughs> okay. Um. Danielle and Mika just completely dismiss the women in their lives. Mm. And they start making fun of me. Oh, yeah, there's ghosts. Bro time. Oh, they're no, the worst. No room for ghosts in this bro down. Okay. Night 11. Stove catches on fire. 
And the fire alarm goes off, and I'm just going to say it. This fire alarm, not loud enough for the size of this house. Yeah, yeah, there's just a fire that starts in the stove. And um, because Daniel. it's uh, Dan- Daniel the freak out, he runs down there and takes it, which, like, I guess I give him credit for having more... Like he has a plan. He actually takes the fire and runs outside with it. I don't know what I would do here, but have, he throws it in the pool. Have I ever told you about the time my hair dryer caught on fire? Yeah, you did. You threw it out the window. Yeah. Well, okay. So I was on the top floor of the dorm mm-hmm. and it was before like an 8 a.m. class. It was still really early and everybody hates the people that set off the smoke detectors and the smoke detectors in this dorm were notoriously sensitive. And so I'm in the bathroom and I'm blow drying my hair and then all of a sudden flames shoot out from it and I panic and I just toss it out the window so it don't stop. I hope it didn't hit anybody. No, it's still plugged in. Oh, okay. So I, it was kind of just like, hold up for a second while I figure <laughs> out what to do. You know what? That's actually kind of smart, though. So you would do well in this situation, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would have done pretty much exactly what Daniel did. And then we get the best jump scare of the movie for me, which is the fact that Allie and her boyfriend were in the hot tub, I and know. I did not notice them. You don't see them because they're like silhouettes down there. You can't really tell. And then all of a sudden, they see like a fireball flying out of the kitchen into the pool, and they're like, gah! It's understandable. Yeah, and then he's like, shouldn't you be in bed? I thought we said goodnight, Brad. Yeah, get out of here, Brad. All right, so uh, Ma and Pa are arguing arguing about stuff randomly falling around, and they're also talking about the pool vacuum. And she's like, yeah, you've had to put it back in the pool every night. He goes, our settings are probably just wrong. She's like, well, let's look at the cameras. Glad somebody finally is like, can we look at this footage that we have? Yeah. And they do. And they just watch this footage of the little pool room, but just like climb up the wall and go out of the pool, which if I saw that, I wouldn't think ghost shit. I would just think, oh, shit, that's like a I can't believe it actually goes up walls. Yeah. He references a Floby, And I wonder if that's it's got to be the Roomba version yeah. of uh, like water, the water based Roomba. <laughs> Aqua Roomba. Allie hopes it's a ghost. She's like, I don't think all ghosts are bad. And then she says the saddest thing, and she's like, it could be mom. Oh, shit. I missed that. This is why they have Abby now. (laughs) Abby wouldn't say that. Allie is the one that says all the stupid, depressing (laughs) shit. Abby just barks and Allie's the the good one, and Abby's. Uh, Abby's the good one and Allie's the bad one. Yeah, don't be an Allie. <laughs> be an Abby. Um, Abby and Hunter are looking at something on night 12 and Abby starts barking. Um, That next morning, Daniel pulls Christy out to the pool area. He's like, come here. I need you to watch this. I need you to watch this. And then he makes the vacuum shoot up out of the pool and she is not fucking playing this game. <sighs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. he's not taking it seriously, but I think that that's like a good way to maybe like diffuse the situation. Like, it's no. it's a kind of injecting humor into it, like ha ha. It's no. The problem with it is because he hasn't been taking her seriously about any of this stuff. He's been dismissing it as maternal, whatever hormone, blah blah blah. He's not taking her seriously, and then this is something that she was like, "Hey, this is a thing that's been happening," and he. I already saw the camera. He goes, it's probably just the settings. It's fine. And then he brings it out there and he's trying to diffuse the situation in a way that is mimicking, like mocking her. 
I guess. It's not a good way to defuse the situation. Don't do this type of thing to defuse the situation. Don't joke about how you're super right and your partner is super wrong. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I just, uh, man, whatever. I'm, let's just move on from this. Um, Dan actually apologizes afterwards and he's like, how about we go out? Allie's old enough to babysit. I don't know how a 10-year-old is old enough to babysit, but it's fine. She keeps getting younger every time we mention her age. Um, before they go out, Dan, I guess, has to go for a swim and then jump into a hot tub. I like, I literally think this man just like he does laps around his house and he it ends with him getting in the pool to justify the expense of having a pool. <laughs> like, um, there's people, and by people, I mean Bert Kreischer, who has like talked about he like doesn't shower, he just gets in the pool and like bathes in this pool. That's a whole other thing. Well, that's kind of what this guy's doing, right? If that's the case. <laughs> I also like to imagine that this is the couple that they go out with in the first movie whenever, um, you know, that mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen because it's all before. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that would have been cool, though. Um, But yeah, he swims down the length of the pool and then he's going to jump into the hot tub, except he immediately jumps back out. Um, He had burnt himself. I guess they left the hot it's tub. hot. Around. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a ghost or the oh, demon. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so while the parents are out, Brad and Allie are home babysitting. Pretty sure Brad wasn't invited, but he's not teenagers, supposed to be there, yeah. You know? <laughs> they're doing uh they're doing Ouija board shit though. Yeah, but everybody's consenting to it this time. <laughs> yeah, everybody's cool with it. Well, not the other like I, I guarantee you if Chrissy was there, she would not be for no. it. But uh what they do is they start t- spelling and what brad does is he spells pussy and then it starts moving on its own and then hair is raised you notice on Mm -hmm. Allie, and um it starts to spell hunter afterwards so then it's uh, later that night Allie's asleep on the couch and brad's gone yeah uh there's a shadow that appears over Allie while she's sleeping and then all of a sudden she wakes up and then she goes to the front door because she hears something out there. Steps outside because she thinks it's Brad just fucking with her. But then as she does that, the door slams behind slams. her and yeah. locks her out. While this is happening, there's shit going down inside the house. Abby's like, oh, shit, I got to go protect Abby. And I've also got to let bad Abby, Allie, <laughs> back into the house. But can't get that figured yeah, out. Abby's trying so hard. She's she's supervising Allie. Yeah, fucking up the whole situation. Like, Open the door. Open the door. Twist. Oh, yeah. The Twist door knob, it. Doorknob. Put your hand on the knob. You're a waste of opposable oh, thumbs, Allie. Oh my god. <laughs> Bark. <laughs> um, Hunter gets uh, the. Demon babysitter pulls Hunter out of the crib and he goes for a little joyride around his own house. Which is very nerve wracking watching this child that can barely walk go up and down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He does it several times. Um, The parents eventually get home. Hunter's back in his crib. Demon babysitter didn't want to get caught. Yeah, but Abby's standing right at the door. It's like, guys, guys, I promise I didn't do any of this. (laughs) Abby's like, guys, and they're like, hi, Abby. And she's like, Guys, like, we believe you. It was Allie, wasn't it? Just tell us it was Allie. 
But, uh, this, is, this whole movie, there's actually no possession. It's just like Abby um, framing Allie for yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's always up in the baby's room. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're mad at Allie for letting this all happen. She said that she heard somebody calling her name when she was asleep and mm-hmm. she like shot up awake when the shadow was over her. Um, the next morning, Allie won't talk to her dad because he didn't believe her. Uh, she's been having bad nightmares and she does some online research. Brad also doesn't believe what's going on. He's also kind of dismissive of her. Oh, Mika. Um, but they, she found something about like a bargain with a demon and the repayment is the firstborn male in your family. And she said she went back through like Christy and Katie's family all the way to like their great great grandmother or something. Who it was like nobody since the 1930s. They hadn't had a son born. Yeah. So night 17. Allie night finds. 19. What? 8.25, or 9.19, August 25th, 9.25 p.m. Okay, no, it's night 17, 8.23. Allie finds the toys moving by themselves downstairs. 823. Mm-hmm. I got night 17 before that at 3.12 a.m. I didn't write the times. Oh, no, I did jump ahead. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, night 17 is 3.12 a.m. Allie starts, um, she's recording with her own camera mm-hmm. because she heard a thump downstairs and then she goes down there and sees this little tiny toy train car go off by itself. That's creepy. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Uh, she shows Christy the footage the next day. And Christy tells Katie about everything going on. And Katie's like, I don't want to talk about what happened when we were kids. Uh, She's like, it thrived on fear. She was like, I remember you being freaked out all the time. Mom being freaked out all the time. Me being freaked out all the time. We just, I am not reliving that. Um, So Christy tries to calm herself down. She grabs a magazine and goes to sits in the kitchen. And then um, all of the cabinets slam open simultaneously. (laughs) And I read that that moment right there they had told her that they were only going to open one cabinet door and then they did all of them all at once so that response is genuine well she she runs upstairs she freaks out she screams to go away and she comes back downstairs starts closing the cabinets and as soon as she does they all open again (laughs) just Uh, fuck me i guess cool uh ally and abby come back from their walk and ally checks on christy and christy is like we can't talk katie says we can't talk about it so we it can't hear us if we whisper. <laughs> we can talk about it now. <laughs> Night 19, August 25th. Abby is investigating the basement door. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a fight with a demon. Yeah, 1249. Yeah, the door opens. So Abby goes down there to investigate. And that's when you just hear growling and whimpering. And everybody's freaking out. They all rush down there to check on Abby. Something's clearly wrong. You don't really see anything on the outside, so thankfully it wasn't like attacked hard, I guess. Yeah. But um, they rush her to the vet while Christy stays home with the baby. Yeah. And she gets pulled down to the basement. She fights like hell. Yeah. She like crawls her way back up the stairs. She did. She fought harder than Katie. She did. Will. Um, trying to get back to her baby, but she gets pulled to the basement and she's down there for a while. Yep. They get back. She's acting kind of weird. And Daniel's like, listen, I have to go to work just for a couple hours. Just stay with the baby. Yeah. Chrissy's silent. She's Mm -hmm. upstairs just staying in Hunter's room the entire time. Just kind of being defensive over him. 
Yeah. And you can hear Allie on the phone. Abby's still at the vet. Christy is being weird. Um, she's begging Brad to come over, but his parents, I guess, are saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds some marks on the basement door on the inside, which is... Um, and yeah. she goes upstairs and she sees because Katie or Christy's wearing shorts and she sees a bite mark on her leg. Yeah, so she ends up uh, like later on. The dad gets back home and they start to review the footage of what happened and they start freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad's like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have fired Martine." So he calls her up, and uh, this is where she gives them the information of how to transfer the demon over to Katie because it has to be a blood relative is what they say. Yeah. So basically Daniel was like, okay, fuck her sister. Yeah. Then. Allie is very against this. She's like, mm-hmm. um, I love Aunt Katie. Christy loves Aunt Katie. Guarantee Abby loves she- Aunt Katie. Abby loves Aunt Katie. <laughs> Daniel don't love Aunt Katie. Uh, yeah, well. Um, so yeah. It, but of course, uh, Daniel's like, I'm making the right decision for my family. <laughs> and then there's utter chaos. Yes, uh, power goes out. Demon attacks. I don't remember exactly. There's a lot of jankiness going on here, but the demon's attacking in darkness now. The worst part of all of this is that Baby Hunter appears to be wearing grown man socks. This is true. You these, pointed that out. Yeah, well, these tubes out here is the thing. We do not have children of our own, but we have many nieces and nephews. I have attempted to help with the socks and the shoes before on a one-year-old. I do not appreciate the length of these socks and the thickness of them. I just, I feel like they were a bad time to put on. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> He's got to hustle because he's got a demon going after him. He can't be over here with these oversized socks. Oh, my God. Maybe Toby did it. Maybe Toby did do it. Maybe Christy did it. Like, Toby did it through Christy. Okay, so, um, yeah, there's all that shit going on. Like, the dad has to go down to the basement to go rescue Hunter because the demon has taken him down there. It's a very creepy uh, setting down there. Uh, It's like handheld camera mode. Yeah. He gets attacked. Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's. A, I, I honestly, I can't really. You just kind of have to watch it. It's, it, yeah. it's just kind of a lot to process. We cut to Christy in bed, and they're burning Katie's photo. Yes. Three weeks later, mm-hmm. Katie asks if everything is going okay, and Christy says, "Yeah." And Katie's like, "Huh? There's been some." Weird stuff going on at our house, and Christy's like, "You just got to take your own advice." If she doesn't know what's going on, it'll right? Go away. Right. Yeah. She's just like some weird stuff's going on, and she just thinks her paranoia caught on. Right. Right. Um, and then it's I love how this happens, and then after that, it's immediately, "Hey there, Katie. Uh, oh, Katie pulling in." Let me see that Mike, Mika was killed. October eighth, two thousand six. Sorry, what I was trying to say is, I love how I like you get just the shot of the opening yeah. of the first movie, which I think is a cool way to like tie it in. Like, oh, okay, now we're into that time frame. Like the first movie is now going on. It's let, a really cool way to do it. Let me punch the office one more time. Yeah. This episode, it's just like when they finally show the documentary on PBS, and the opening scene is the same as the opening the first episode. Scene. Yes, yeah. yes, very cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mika was killed uh, October 8th, and uh, it then cuts to October 9th. Mm-hmm. And Daniel 
is dad sleeping on the couch, which is where you're like arms crossed, head kind of tilted. I'm not sleeping, but you're actually snoring. You're very diagonal in this form. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I know. Um. And we hear we see Christy is calming down Hunter before bed, and then all of a sudden downstairs, Katie's right behind Daniel and just uh turns his head 180 degrees. Well, uh, yeah, even before that though, you see her like walking up the mm-hmm. driveway, which is even like weirder. Like you see this person in her pajamas just like storming up to your front door, and then yeah, just suddenly she just appears inside the house, snaps his neck, goes upstairs. Uh, power punches, Katie. Yes, the same type of move she did with Mika. <laughs> yeah, and she takes Hunter. Yeah, and this is where I wrote, "Where is Abby?" But we know that Abby is living. Happily. We now know that Abby is with a uh, podiatrist. Podiatrist, just still barking at random shit, as mm-hmm. all dogs do. Yes. Um, and then we find out that Allie came home from school trip on October twelfth and found the bodies of her parents, and will never be happy again. Yep, 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 and doesn't know where her brother is. Hmm. The cycle of trauma is a straight line over here. And now she's uh, got Brad to turn to. That's about it. Good for her. Brad definitely broke up with her after this. Yeah, probably. It was yeah. way too heavy for him. Okay, that's it for the movie. Actually, you know what? No, the cycle of trauma, it's a full spiral here. Full spiral. Full spiral. Yeah, that's a good tagline. What? Cycle of trauma is a full spiral. Okay, that is a good tagline, actually. Thank you. I mean, it's very easy to beat what is on there. Um, see, what was it again? Uh, demand it. Demand it. <laughs> demand it. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, how do you feel after talking about it? I I feel the same. Same. I think it's got its moments. I like that it ties the story together. I think it could still have a little bit more tension. Yeah, that's kind of where I am too. Like it. Um, it's fine. Like it, I think it does a good job. I think it does a better job setting up the like uh the war and like the groundwork for like the third one. I think it's a good middle movie and a trilogy, not yeah. like a good movie and like a series of a lot of other ones. Because I feel like this one's kind of uneventful, really, when you think about it. Are you keeping your score the same? Yeah, I'm keeping it the same. All right, same here. All right, so. Um... Let's see, Talia throughout this, she started off very, very playful, and then by the end was very, very sleepy. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to give it a seven, because the dog survived. Yeah, well, it had its ups and downs in this movie. It was clearly seen as the good girl, though. Yes. Um, Zoe watched most of it. Yeah, she was there for the most part. All right, who do you relate to? Probably Katie, because I like to be the cool aunt and also not have people dismiss my concerns. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> While simultaneously telling other people, like, hey, compartmentalize your shit. <laughs> um, I, um, man, I don't really know who I can relate to here. I, I'm going to, kind of like you did with Mary last week, I'm going to relate to... Daniel and the fact like the dad that like I am um, I'm not like a huge believer of paranormal stuff so like you know I I'm, I wouldn't dismiss you but like at the same time I would <laughs> but also you would make the pool vacuum jump up at me and not I would see why it would be upsetting probably do that 
And I would also try and think of logical reasons instead of jumping straight to paranormal reasons. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's probably the extent of my relating to him. And he, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, do we have a um, dream sequel? Uh, I want to see. Um, I want to see Abby be part of like uh I'm I'm changing your ending a little bit here, man. Um Mr. Perry. Uh Abby's gonna be part of like a paranormal investigative team. Um they're gonna get in this uh, van of sorts and um it's gonna be all kinds of groovy colors. Oh and um and she gets gonna... treats and all kinds of food. Yeah, and like this podiatrist is kind of like uh he's a stoner type that happened to get mixed in with a bunch of curious people that just want to solve all these mysteries and uh it is Scooby Doo. Obviously. Abby's is Scooby Doo. Abby turns into Scooby Doo. Rut row. Like whenever they adopt her, they're like, Abby, hmm, something sounds kind of like disappointing about that name. Uh let's go with Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. That'll be your name now. All right. So I've got reviews here. Okay. Um, the review that I pulled is a user review I got on IMDb. It is a three out of ten, titled Disappointing. I surprised myself by liking the first paranormal activity, giving it a seven out of ten. Paranormal Activity 2, however, adds nothing to the original. It uses the same style as the original, handheld cameras, fake amateur footage, etc., and pretty much the same plot and intrigue. No idea why this prequel of sorts was made, and it appears there's a number three and number four now, too. Somebody must be watching them. So I understand where that person's coming from based off of the, it didn't really do anything new. It basically did do the same thing. It just did it like as a very like, like right before the events of the first one prequel, but it didn't really do much to set it apart other than that. Yeah. I think it did what it could differently, but like you said, it didn't set itself apart. It feels very middle of a trilogy. It does. Yeah. I think that's this movie's problem. Um, okay, so I've got some listener reviews also. So we'll go with uh, Twitter first. We have Joe with Flyover State of Fear. He says, solid follow-up to one of the most hyped-up first movies ever. I enjoyed it and have rewatched, but 3 will always be the most creative and generally scary of the franchise. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that <laughs> also. Like, 3 is just the one to beat. You can't... I don't know. I, I am... a like I said, I'm, I'm grateful that this one made three possible. Uh, and then finally, on Instagram, we have Michael E. Howard. He says, even though I really liked Paranormal Activity 1, I actually enjoy Paranormal Activity 2 better. Just the idea of all the security cameras makes everything feel a little bit more paranoid. The jump scares in this one were better than the first. That dragging to the basement scene really terrified me. 8 out of 10. I also, he's making me think, I wonder if us watching um, Observation Duty so much recently skewed us watching this. So here's one of my changes that I would make. I forgot. Okay. Um, And this is something I thought would have been awesome if they did this. But you know how that um, shot, the security camera shot of um, like the door so that like that camera and they have all those pictures on the wall leading up to the stairs. 
I thought it would be really cool if like the pictures like changed ah, every yeah. now and then. You, you thought that I mean? they shifted at one point, but I you're... thought that they did, but like well, like even before that I was thinking like, man, it would be really cool if like the pictures like were swapped out or it was just like something else in there. Yeah. You know, I think that that would be really yeah. I think this movie needed like subtle things like that. I yeah. don't feel like it really had a lot of that. Well, and that's what I was talking about that one did so effectively. It wasn't always big jump scares. It would just sometimes be like, ooh, it's a little creepy. Exactly. Yeah. I think that this one lacked that a little bit, but I do. I can see the benefits of having the extra camera, but like also at the same time, like I said before, I feel like this type of movie plays off better with just that one because, you know, you don't get to see what else is happening. And I know you want to know what's going on, but really it's scary or sometimes if you, if you don't want to know what's going on, something actually has to be going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's the reviews that we have for this week's episode. Okay. So next week. We are going to be going back to Scream. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Scream 2. We got some buddies that are joining us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be Steve, at least confirmed for the uh, from the decision reel. Might get some Randy, too. So I don't know. Whoever he pulls on from his show, <laughs> they're going to be on to talk about Scream 2 with us next week. Yep. So where can people watch that at? Uh, Pluto TV, YouTube primetime subscription. Primetime. Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Redbox, or Vudu. Um, we're also going to have our two beer not to be this weekend, mm -hmm. hopefully. So be on the lookout for that. And our Patreon episode should be coming out before Soon. the end of the month, at least. Yeah. We promise it's going to be. It's just been. We were going to schedule. We were going to record it this past weekend, but I got a pretty nasty uh, stomach virus and couldn't eat for about forty-eight hours. So. Yeah, we're actually recording this one on <laughs> Tuesday, releasing yeah. on Thursday. This is way behind schedule, like yeah. usual. But you know, sometimes shit happens. It's okay. Yep. Where Thank can guys... people find us so that way they can see my embarrassing high school photos? Um, they can go to Twitter where you shared those pictures at uh, our Twitter is Least Faith Pod. Mm -hmm. Our Instagram's Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast. Um, you can find us on our website, what's your least favorite scary movie.com if you want to see our episodes and the other shit that we have up there. We have some other stuff. Um we have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. And you can join some other cool cat patrons like oh. Eric and Vivi of Shaken Not Scared, mm -hmm. Joe, Freakatron, as is his full name, Amber, and Michael. Michael. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. We really, really appreciate your all support. You guys are awesome. Um, if you can't support like they do financially, at least, you know, if you are able to rate and review us on whatever platform yeah. you're listening on, it or makes if you want to. Just, you know, share us to whoever, you know, just, you can be cool, you know, you can be, uh, yeah, you, you'll be cool by our standards if you do that type of stuff. So we really, really appreciate that. And we really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for being here so much. Um, all right. We're going to go now. All right. So we will see you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Messed up joke. It kind of is, yeah. Sorry, that's just where my mind went, though. <laughs>